Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast, where we learn all about how we need to take care of ourselves so that we can, you know, heal and help take care of other people. And um, that's the message of the show. So I am so glad to have you here again for another week. And I am so excited for our new guest. You know, I always say that my guests become my friends because they're such awesome people. I have yet to have anybody on the show I haven't connected with. So Kevin seems like a really amazing guy. Welcome, Kevin, to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. So let me, uh, we'll just get right started um, right away. So Kevin Roth, he began to play the dulcimer in 1972 at the old age of 13, I love this. And at 16, recorded his first album for Folkways, Smithsonian Folkways Records, which immediately launched him into the international fame. Between 1974 and 1984, Roth recorded 10 albums with this label, establishing himself as a prominent folk singer and dulcimer player. In 1984, Roth performed the theme to the PBS TV children's show Shining Time Station, which brought him to another new and much larger market. His friendship and collaboration in 2006 with Noel Paul Stuckey of the legendary folk trio Peter, Paul, and Mary further cemented Roth in American folk history. His career took him to a concert and symphony stages around the world, to festivals, radio, television shows, and two appearances at the White House. Oh, music, it's, it's life, isn't it? Um, as his career grew, Roth became professionally and financially successful, winning numerous awards and partnering with prominent companies such as Sony, National Geographic, PBS, Random House, and Time Warner. Then came a sudden diagnosis of melanoma and it changed his life. He had a choice to accept a death sentence or to live. He chose life. Through adapting and combining techniques from his music and performance practice with others that he researched, he found a simple and powerful method to change how he lived. He discovered how to not just survive, but become truly happy and thrive. He now guides individuals and groups in the discovery of what really matters to them, how to accomplish their goals, and how handling stress is an essential factor in a healthy life. You've been through some stuff. Oh, just a little. It was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since my lobotomy, it hardly seems noticeable. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you on, you know, through our adversities comes beautiful things, doesn't it? You know? Yep. You need the darkness to appreciate the light. 
Yeah, and we may not know that when we're in it, but looking back, absolutely, it's who it's it's what makes us who we are, you know, and it's what uh, creates our future and and molds us into all of these new things. So, Kevin, do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened? Like, how did this all start? Well, um, you read about my music career. And so that happened uh, in 1974. And I have to date about 50 albums. Fantastic. And, yeah, I mean, people can find all about that on kevinrothmusic.com. Um, I think what, what you and I are excited to talk about today is this little epiphany wake-up call. Um, you know what happened is I always thought that if I had a lot of money, I would be happy. And I got a lot of money and I wasn't. And then I thought, well, if I fall in love, you know, that'll do it. And that did it for a little while. And then that didn't work out. So they have an expression about, you know, when you hit bottom. And uh, when I, out of the blue, got this melanoma diagnosis and they told me that although they removed uh, the two little spots that were, there was one on my nose and one underneath my chin, um, and they scanned me, or I like to say they Xeroxed me, uh, and there was no signs of it spreading, thank God. And they said, but in a year, it'll probably come back within a year. You have a 70% chance of it returning, and then you'll be dead in a couple of years. I thought to myself, first of all, I thought that they were wrong, which they were, because it never did come back. But I also thought, you know, if I only have a year or two left, what am I going to do with it? what matters to me and I thought well my music my art because I'm, I'm an artist my dog Bosco <laughs> and I was living in Missouri at the time and I thought I'm going to get out of Missouri I'm going to go live back in San Diego whether I can afford it or not or whether on paper it made sense or not and that's what I did and then I, I came here uh, about six, seven years ago, and I wrote a, a new album, which was my first new album in a long while, and it was entered for a Grammy Award called The Deviant Dulcimerst. It was a really happy record. It was actually one of my favorite records. And someone said to me, you know, you ought to teach people what you did to go from surviving to thriving, mm -hmm. because that's what people want to know. They don't need another album of yours or another tour you know those are nice but you have something really valuable here so I started to think well how would I teach something like that and then I thought well what do you do you know and you sit and you play the dulcimer the, in fact that instrument right above me um, and you do this thing you call dulci meditation which is something that I came up with and which I now teach to people whether they're dulcimer players or not because Dulcimers aren't that expensive to, to buy. And I, I teach this online to people. And then I thought, yeah, but there's more to it. There's a philosophy. There's something that you do every day. And I gave it some thought and I put together a program sort of as a personal coach, a life coach. And I got a few clients just to see if what I did would work for other people, you know. I'm not really crying. I have a little allergy <laughs> in my eye. Um, okay, we cry on this show too, so don't worry about it if it comes <laughs> to that. <laughs> you know, the tears of joy. Yes. Um, and I got some clients and I was absolutely 
blown away at how fast they resolve their issues. There were anger issues. There was someone who came to me who didn't want to feel like a cancer victim. There was someone who worked for the government that was stressed to the max. Mm. And so I put together this idea, what I call mindful awareness. And the concept was and is, you become mindful of how you're feeling. And if you don't like the way you feel, change it. Because there's really two sayings I use. One is, if you replace what doesn't work with what does work, you never go back to what doesn't work. And the second thing is change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. I also developed something called riding a surfboard because you know life is like an ocean. And here in Southern California, we have a lot of um, surfers and they always fall off the surfboards no matter how good they are, but they know how to get back on and they learn about balance. And that's what life is. Life's the ocean, we have waves. And I don't believe in teaching people, okay, do this and you'll always be happy because there's no such thing, but you can get back in balance. Um, this morning, uh, I had a, a very interesting morning because I woke up in a funk, which is not normal for me. I don't think I slept well from something I ate. And I didn't realize till about a half hour into the morning that I was in a funk and this wasn't going to work for me. I think it took me less than a minute mm. to get out of it. Less than a minute. That's awesome. But yeah, because what I did is I thought, what is really bothering you? And 95% of what bothers us in life is our mind and fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. So I use the example, you know, if, if you're talking to someone on the phone or you're talking to someone at, at your home, and you're having a, a negative conversation or you're upset about something and the phone rings and it's a friend of yours you haven't heard from for a long time. You know, hey, how you doing? Oh, what's been going on? It's been so long. You're immediately taken out of that negative state. Mm -hmm. What changed? What really changed? This. Mm -hmm. So if you can learn about this and you can learn about living authentically from your heart, you can pretty much get through just about everything. But the key is that you need to also embrace times of difficulty because people, we, we're human, we screw up, we make mistakes, but so what? We fall off the surfboard, we get back on it, it's a choice. So that's what I decided I would teach and that's what I do now. Uh, I've got clients all over the world and it's just, just incredibly wonderful. And when I go back out to sing, um, I'll be doing workshops and residencies, and then I'll add some music at the end. I love that so much. And thank you for sharing with us that, you know, money doesn't buy happiness and relationships don't buy happiness. And happiness is really a choice, isn't it? Like, you know, for a long time, I didn't think it was because I didn't have the tools that I needed. Mm -hmm. um, but then you come to a point where it's like, if I don't want to live like this, I need to kind of do something about it myself, like stop waiting for people to come and rescue me. I need to figure this out. You know, I need to get the tools right. to figure this out. And, and like you said, um, you know, even the hard times, um, those need to happen for us to have the other, like the balance and the other, and the other side. As for me, we were talking um, how, you know, suppression from, from, uh, from my, 
you know, my own personal experience, suppression is the worst thing you can do, suppress your feelings. So feel the good, feel the bad, you know, and, and deal with that. I think that that is so important. And music sounds like um, is something that can do that for you so well, and that you can, you have this way of expressing yourself through music that helps so many other people as well. It's just so pure, like I've heard you play and it's just so beautiful. Oh, thanks. You know, music has a physiological effect on your system. Hmm. Uh, it really, I mean, you could Google the healing aspects of listening to music, but it's even better when you play it. Yes. So you play something like a dulcimer, you know, this, I call this a cosmic dulcimer because it has all these stars and moons and stuff like that. Visually, when I have it on my lap, it's beautiful to look at. And I also feel the vibration of the instrument on me. Mm. It really helps. And what I play, of course, I can play, you know, I'm known as a very innovative player, almost jazz in a sense. But what I do for dulcimer meditation is maybe three notes. And, and that's it. So it's really like lullabying myself to sleep. Mm. And the and way that you play the notes, it's like... <sighs> To me, the feeling is in the way the notes are played and in the pauses of the notes, right? So sometimes the silent parts in the song is what really hits me. Yeah. And, it's and the space between the notes. Yes, and I really feel that, you know, I'm not a professional player by any means like you are, but I can really appreciate, you know, I, I can appreciate um, the music and, and it's so healing for me, really. It, you know, it has created so much healing um, in my world. So, yeah, I just, so when you were in that difficult time and you said you, you know, you went from, oh my goodness, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Uh, this is what's happening to me. I need to, you know, there is no good way. There is no right time to start being happy. You can't, if you wait for that right moment to start being happy, It'll never come. We have to create these. Do you agree with that? Yes, uh, but you need to give yourself a break. Everyone who comes to me is incredibly difficult mm. on themselves. So people say to me, well, I don't really know how to be happy. And I say, well, what makes you happy? What do you have? Look around your home. What do you have that makes you happy? It may be a dog. It may be a cat. It may be a musical instrument. It may be cooking. And that's where I begin to shape people's lives for them at, with, as, being, as, as a coach, because you need to know what matters to you, which is what you love, what your purpose in life is. You need to know why that's important to you so that you, you have that momentum. And then you need a game plan that you can take action on. So if you really love what you're doing, it's never work. And you're sharing it with other people and they get that. You know, like you get my music, people get my music because they hear that it's coming from a very pure place. You can create your own happiness. Um, and if you're in the dark night of the soul, the easiest thing to do first is to sit down and to find a little bit of gratitude for what you do have. Mm, exactly. And or like you do a wonderful job of helping people that are worse than you, which make you feel better. But there's all kinds of joy. You know, I'll tell you an interesting story. I, I have none of my clients who went through COVID, it's been moan. 
They, they did. Mm. They, their lives improved. New clients who came to me during COVID felt trapped. They felt um, they didn't trust um, this. They, they, they felt like they couldn't go out. They, they felt out of control. Mm -hmm. And what I told them is that there is an entire world happening, believe it or not, that's not shut down around COVID. Yes. There's, the, there's the internet. There's things you can learn. There's, there's people you can meet through Zoom. And so again, you know, it's the way you look at things. And, Perception is everything for sure. Yeah, and what you want, you know, it, it doesn't take much. Uh, there's a woman who wanted to learn pottery. She loved pottery, but she was kind of broke. And she said, I don't have the money for the classes. I don't know how I'm gonna get a wheel, all this kind of stuff. And I told her, you know, I have to really want it. If you really, really want it, I'll help you. And she got on the internet. She found out local classes. She went to some of the teachers and asked if I volunteer, I come, I help set things up. That's great. And now she's selling her own pottery at farmer's markets. And I think on Etsy, I'm not sure. That's wonderful. But people need permission. They, they yeah. need <laughs> permission to just do it. Yeah, I don't know about you, but growing up, I was always believed everything people thought I was and not express who I really am, you know, well, if they think mm -hmm. I'm this, well, maybe that's what I am then, you know, and then you become an adult and you, you just believe everything that people think you should be. And, and it's hard to separate that. It's hard to um, stop believing in, in what other people want for you and just try to figure it out. You know, there are lots of ways we can do this, but I think we need to stop beating ourselves up and treat us kinder than like we treat other people. We don't treat ourselves, you know, anywhere near as kind as we do our friends or. It's true. And I'll tell you, there's an interesting fact that most, I forget the percentage, it may be as high as 75 or 80% of the people when they talk to you, they're actually seeing you differently. They're seeing you through their own eyes mm. and their own perception. So it's all, you almost become a mirror back to them. And a lot of what people say is miscommunicated. Uh, so to, to take what other people think of you um, to heart is not really worth it because it's not true. If, if you smile, a simple thing like smiling to people changes everything. Mm. Listening to people, you know, I have a thing with friends uh, because I do a lot of this work, almost like a psychologist. When they start to tell me things, I always ask them, do you want advice or do you want me to listen? And nine times out of 10, it's just listen. <laughs> But I love that you ask that because it's so important right off the top. You're saying, I'm, I care about what you're saying and I want to give you back what you need. So help me understand what you need right now. You know, I love that so much. It, it, it's people just want to be heard. Why? Because people want to be loved. The trick is to love yourself first, to like yourself first, and then everything else goes into into play you know I'm, I'm i'm a single guy and someone was asking me you know gee you know it, you know it, maybe soon you'll be able to go out and date i said oh 
I'm dating now, I'm a great time. And they said, really, with COVID? I said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm dating me, myself and my dog, you know? And we have a great time. Yeah, know? and they just assume you need to have someone else. You know what I mean? Like just all these assumptions yeah. and perceptions. Yeah. Some some people need the simplest things to be happy. And then some people really need the earth, the moon and the stars. You know, everybody's so different. And I think the simpler we can make our lives, the more happiness we will find. You know, I've spoken to lots of people who have just um, shred and shed all of their belongings and all, you know, made their life so much simpler. Oh, yeah. You, can, you have so much more gratitude for the, for the little things, you know. We forget what makes us happy, I think. So when you see children playing, you don't see them having a discussion with someone saying, hmm, um, what makes me happy? What am I going to do now? You know, they just do it. Yeah, they're in the moment. Yeah. And we somehow along the way, we just, we, we forget to do that. Like I was working on it myself and I'm like, okay, what do I really like? What do I really, what really makes me happy? So singing makes me happy, for example. You don't have to be good at it for it to make you happy. You don't have to be a great artist. You don't have to be, you know, but it's just the feeling that you get. So why? Like you were saying, it's important to know why, right? Because if you can't connect the feeling with why something makes you happy, then you don't know where to go from there, really. So I was, I was breaking that down. And uh, it's like, because it makes me feel free. It makes me feel like I'm not being judged. It's all these other things, you know? So when you're dealing with a client and somebody comes to you, what might be... Um, the first thing that you will work on with them? Is it loving themselves and just kind of like letting down their perception? Is that what, how you start? Well, the, the first thing I do is I, I have them make a list of all the things that really matter to them. Mm. And then I ask them to write a letter to their inner child. And I want them to forgive put your arm around your inner child and say, come on, buddy, let's go. And allow yourself to dream. You know, when I was first diagnosed, I, I, I was absolutely shocked. I mean, there's nothing more fear, fear, you know, I can't imagine a bigger fear than being told out of the blue, you've got stage three melanoma and you have two years to live. I mean, that's like, huh? And I hung up the phone and I walked to my apartment and I said out loud to myself, don't worry, buddy, we'll get through this. And it was the first time I realized that I was my own best friend. Mm. I relied on myself because I had to dodge and weave a lot of bad advice from doctors. You know, uh, cancer is a big business. So I had to be very careful what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. And I didn't go the route of any infusion, anything like that, I went totally in a different direction. That worked for me, mm -hmm. um, but I had to become my own best friend. So that's what I advise people is find out who you are, what you really want. You wanna live a purpose-driven life. You weren't plopped on this planet because of uh, happenstance. So find out what that is. And then the next step is to find out what that matters to you. What is it about singing that works for you? And then we build upon that. Like singing is a physiological vibration in your head and your brain and your body. And it clears your, your system. Great singers who know how to sing and breathe properly rarely get colds. Mm. And then what do you do with it? 
and you enjoy what you do with it. And then you may want to get a game plan. I, I have, you know, I, I coach individually. People come to me and, and they work with me one-on-one. -on -one. But I also have an online course that has eight modules and each module builds upon the other. And that the first one is what matters to you and then why, and then what's your game plan. And then once you know all that, you need to put it into action. And so there are certain things that will stop us. Weight loss is, the, is, is a big culprit for people. And it was for me. You know, you, you go on these diets or whatever it is and you fall off the wagon and, oh, hell with it, I'll just start Monday. But if you build a support system and you know why you really want to get down to a certain weight, either because of your health or because of whatever occasion, you revisit those reasons why you shouldn't go out and get pizza. Because you, you know how- why. Yeah, and then every little time that you don't do that and you choose to eat healthy or give yourself a break, you're adding another brick to the foundation and eventually you get there. But life isn't like this. Life <laughs> is like this, right? Right? Yes. You know? Um, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. Because you have to realize what is life. So some people watching this are spiritual, some are religious, but science will tell you that the universe is expanding. But what's it expanding into? So there's, there are mysteries about the universe. There's the ultimate question, why are we born? Why are we here? What are we doing here? There's near-death experiences. There's all this kind of stuff, which I always love to look at, and, and some of which I teach. What comes of it is not taking life so seriously. Because I'll tell you, <clears throat> once you get a death sentence, COVID's nothing. I mean, just do what you're supposed to do, which in my mind is get your shots, wear your mask, social distance. Mm -hmm. But everyone around me was freaking out. And I thought, <laughs> I got plenty to do in my apartment. I got books to write. I got So it, it's an attitude. And... I'll tell you just real quickly, I didn't have, I mean, I at one time had over a million dollars and for various reasons, I ended up losing a lot of it mm -hmm. through the stock market and other things. There was no way on paper I could afford to come to San Diego. I mean, San Diego is not a cheap place to be. Mm -hmm. it's absolutely gorgeous. I wanted a one bedroom apartment for a thousand dollars. And my friends laughed at me. They said, are you kidding me? <laughs> Took me two weeks, but I found one. Jeff, <laughs> with parking and laundry and completely redone. How did I do that? I knew in my gut that's where I needed to be. Mm. And I said to the universe, not to get all woo-woo on anybody, I'm going and try and stop. And I loaded oh, all 16 dulcimers in my jeep and my dog and a couple clothes. <laughs> And I moved, I moved here. And you know what? If someone decided to boot me out of this apartment, I could be gone with 24 hours. Everything. I live that simply. And I love it. It creates space, you know? It's wonderful. Yeah, it, it's it's incredible when something comes so close to be taken away from us, how much we appreciate what we have. 
You know, sometimes it, it takes something dramatic in our lives. And, and once you do go through something like that, you all you want to do is shout it from the rooftop. So people don't have to get to that part to realize that there could be more in life, you know, like 20 years ago, we would never be probably having this conversation about happiness. And I find now it's something that is talked about so much because it is achievable. And so there's so many lonely, unhappy people. And, you know, one of the things that I really want to do is eradicate loneliness and and I just, like you said, just a simple smile. You know, the other day I was just, it's funny because in some countries you could walk up to somebody and start a conversation and they kind of look at you like you're crazy. And then in other countries you do that. If you don't talk to them, they think you're crazy. So it just depends where you are, you know, what's what your surroundings are, uh, what the people around you are like. It's so, so different how two people even can live in the same family and have completely different perceptions of, of their lives. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you something I've, I've not really ever spoken about. The truth is that no matter how lonely you are, you are loved. Mm. How do I know that? I know that because when I got cancer, I was talking to a nurse on the phone about something and she showed a lot of empathy and compassion. I was a total stranger. I was mm. patient number 6,329 and setting up something for infusions. And I said to her, I don't feel good about this. I know the doctor says this is possibly going to save me. My says not to do it. And mm. she said, then don't do it. Listen to yourself. And I hung up the phone and I remember thinking to myself, because I was very self-centered, you know, being a performer, you know, you got a good slice of ego, you know. Um, and this was a game changer. And I thought to myself, how can a total stranger show empathy and sympathy, not sympathy, but empathy and kindness to me? And I can't do that to myself because the way I lived my life, no matter what television show I sang on, how much money I had, if I got a major label, if I played with such and such and such and such a concert hall, I sang at the White House, great. Now what? What's next? What's next? What's yeah. next? You know, that all stopped with the realization that there doesn't have to be anything next. Right. You know, it, and it I'm can, happy to have it before. To a, yes, because then it's never enough. Yeah, right? so you're never lonely. If you, if you feel lonely, mm -hmm. there are a lot of lonely people. There's support groups for that. There's psychologists for that. People say, oh, I don't have insurance. I can't afford it. There are free mm. things online. There is abundance of opportunities. There are these meetup clubs about happiness. I mean, this is like the new rich. Yes. And I, that's why I love that we're talking about this, you know, and years ago, I was so shy that I didn't want to go to those groups because I, I had loving people around me, but I was lonely and my pain and and I wouldn't never go to a group like that. So that's why I started, I'm like, hey, I'm helping this person and I'm not being loud about it, but it's making me feel less lonely because I'm connecting with people anyway, Yeah. you know? And so that kind of was how it worked for me. And then I just became less lonely because I felt things, you know, you feel this, I don't even know, there's no word to describe it. And that's what music does for me as well. It's like this feeling of, 
um, there's no rejection, you know, there's no judgment. Everything is just so open, you know, like with music, you can celebrate or you can, um, you can wallow, you know, whatever you need to do in that moment. And um, it's so special, honestly. And I love that we're taught, we're having these conversations more and more. Like I feel, so I have a 14 year old son and I feel like his generation is so much more open to how they feel and accepting one another. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, I really do. It, it is. And more men are becoming more yes. open and communicative. And, uh, you know, COVID woke a lot of people up to like, you know, uh, you know, every day around three o'clock, I, I list, I sit down with a cup of really good coffee Mm -hmm. And I listen to some album and I just I listen. <laughs> I don't check emails or anything. Like that. If I'm feeling a little moody or lonely, I've got my Joni Mitchell. I love my Joni <laughs> Mitchell. Love Wallow and Joni Mitchell. If I want to uh, be happier, there's a group called the C and the Cake. There's jazz. Um, so you, we have the ability, if we'll allow ourselves, if we'll give ourselves a break and just say, you know, I can take 15 minutes and just be. Yes, I don't have yes. to check my cell phone, my email messages. I don't want to hear about COVID or Iraq or whatever's going on. I've got 15 minutes. The world isn't going to go anywhere. And give yourself sort of like a hug. I think pets are really good. Like, oh, yeah. I'm around my dog all the time. I love holding my dog. I saw a picture of your dog online. He's so sweet. Mine yeah. is a pug. Yeah, pugs, pugs are good. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, I have a wonderful, he's a miniature dachshund, Bosco. Right, I love the name. Whenever I, whenever I post anything on Facebook with Bosco, I get a lot of hits. <laughs> Maybe not so much, but. You know. <laughs> oh, he's adorable for sure. I love it. But it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you grew up the same way I did, but I wasn't taught to like, it's okay to love yourself and. It's oh, okay no. to, no. you know, it's okay to take care of other people and which is great. We all love to do that. But it was like, there was no time, you know, it wasn't something that we were taught, you know? So I love that we're now realizing that it's not conceited to talk about yourself, to, to feel good about who you are. You know, I think it's very brave for us to talk about certain things. It's not something that we should hide from, you know? And we're always evolving. You know, I would have never in a million years thought that I'd be doing what I'm doing now or that I would have even had cancer. I mean, cancer was, I mean, it came and it went so quickly. It's almost like I didn't have it, but it was, a, I call it a spiritual wake-up call. So our lives change, you know, in, in the middle of something. But you know what? I can tell you something for, for this is really, really true. I try not to say anything that's not true. <laughs> but <laughs> when you start to really like yourself, whether you're tall, short, fat, thin, whatever it is, and you accept yourself and you say, even on nights that I don't accept myself, I'm going to light a candle, listen to some music. Mm. Uh, take a bubble bath and just, you know, I'm okay. I walk around the place naked. No one's going to see. And, <laughs> and, and you really like yourself or you go into therapy, whatever it is that, it, that you need to do to move off that mark, people will start to respond to you. People will start saying, what has that person got? Yes. <laughs> I want it. And the fact is that we already have it. Yes. You know, we already have it. 
but sometimes you need to be knocked on your head. You know, it's called hitting bottom. Alcoholics have that. That's why they go to a 12 step program. And I, I don't have any drinking issues. So I really don't drink, but I will say, and I'm not a member of the 12 steps, but I know about it. That's a wonderful thing for people. Mm. All kinds of support groups for overeaters, for alcoholism. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't know of any other support group that's greater than this, than the 12 steps. I have a lot of friends that are in it, but that's one place people can go. Yes. But there's a lot of, a lot of places, um, you know, there's new age churches, there's spirituality. And one thing that would really be helpful to people if they can't or choose not to come to a personal coach like myself, a life coach or buy a course of mine or something, there's gazillions of books Mm. and videotapes you can listen to on youtube and podcasts and podcasts yeah and i'm really new to podcasts you know i'll be starting my own like i told you in the fall called yes Hatch congratulations yes there, there's a uh there's a there's a guy who talks about uh, fasting named michael murto he is hysterical <laughs> love 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 that guy he's going to be a guest of mine i'll there, have to check him out <laughs> Chopra, Wayne and uh, Wayne Dyer. These are all new age people that talk about this kind of stuff. Um, there's tons of podcasts. I'm doing a lot of them about happiness. Awesome. It, it's our right to be happy, but you're not going to be happy all the time. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You can fall off the surfboard as long as you know how to get back on. I love that so much. And happiness, like, it's different for everybody. Like you said, you need to figure out what it is for you. And it might take so much less than it does for somebody else. Um, for me, I always also feel, you, you said that you become not more likable, but people will be like, what happened? What did you do differently? You know, I want to be as happy as you are. Like, it's contagious, you know. But they also respect you. And want to be have the feeling that you have you know but like you said it doesn't happen overnight um we didn't get to the state we're in <laughs> overnight um it takes a little bit of work but it's it's so worth it and if we can all find our own way to our ex express whether it's feelings of happiness or feelings of sadness like for me and you we do it in our music but there's so many ways and so many things that people can uh, try, try something new, try to figure out a way that you can express yourself. And, and maybe you'll be surprised at what makes you happy. You know, a lot of people don't know what it is when you ask them, you know, but that's yeah. the discovery is, is great. Like the yeah. discovery part. Well, that's why they come to me. You mm -hmm. know, um, uh, Carly Simon has this line that uh, says, sorry that your mother dropped you on your head. Maybe some dropped her too. In the end, we all get dropped. We all get black and blue. So, you know, we come from, many of us, from dysfunctional places. I did. And who are those people? Those are people that had their own issues. But that's the past. And at some time, you need to look into that through psychology or, or coaching or something. Mm -hmm. And the future is the future. But you can live now um by giving yourself permission to be happy and it's a very simple thing all you need to do is to sit down and just be 
make yes. a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea. Love it. Wine, whatever you want. Just sit down there and say to yourself, hello. <laughs> it's true though. And don't feel guilty about it. You yeah, know, sometimes no. we do it and then we feel bad about it. So it's yeah. Yeah, the other day I sat down and I, I was uh, I was looking at my eye thing because that's why I keep rubbing it. I have some sort of irritation in it. And I looked at myself and I thought, oh my God, your eye is so red. It looks so horrible. And then the next minute I thought, you are such a goofball. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing was dispersed, you know? Yes. So it's a, it, it is a choice. And if you don't know how to get there yourself, there are people who can show you. But you need to want it. That's it. You yes. need to and it is something we have to learn, right? Because we're taught the opposite of all the stuff that we're talking about. Like, you know, when we're growing up, I feel like we're taught it, it's not okay to do that. It's not okay. And now here we are as adults saying, no, you really do need to figure this stuff out because there's so much more out there for you to feel positive about, right? So it is a learning uh, process. There are steps that we, we need to take in order to correct that, you know, yeah. all the stuff we've believed in all this time, right? Yeah, and it's available and it's many times it's free yes and there's so many people so many people seeking it don't you find yes um there's a lot of people seeking happiness there's a lot of people you know life you know i teach that life is a balance spiritual mental physical and emotional so if you're feeling emotionally uh, upset, you can find it mentally and try and figure out what's the reason and what can you do about it. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling mentally uh, confused, walk for 40 minutes. It kicks in your endorphins, your whole chemical in your body changes. If you feel physically not well, fast. I mean, fasting is wonderful. Or, or eat less or choose the kinds of foods you're eating. Stay away from sugar. You know, it's, it's a real killer. If you're upset spiritually, there's ways to uh, come to choose different, you know, there's a lot of paths to the mountaintop. Um, but the biggest thing is no mind, no problem. <laughs> so true. And yeah. instead of sitting there and complaining about how ha unhappy you are, you know, we got to make some uh, choices. We got to move forward. You know, you I, I have a friend, he's a good friend of mine. He's a little, little nutsy. And he was talking to me about when he dies. He said, you know, when I die, I'm, I'm just going to miss this. And I'm going to miss this person and all this stuff. And I said, you're not going to miss a thing. You're going to be dead. You want to be here? What do you, what do you like, you know, wrapping your, when I'm dead, I'm going to miss. I said, people will miss you. But you're not gonna be missing anybody. You're gone. You do. You're, you're you're back into the twilight zone. You know the matrix is gonna. You know, but we like we like our. We, a lot of people like being a victim because a it's comfortable. I, I I admit. You know, I was when I was in the darkness. I was comfortable there after a while. Yeah, yeah, and and but it took a lot a, to get out. Yeah, so it's okay to lick your wound. It's okay to, you know, have a have a, a time where it's not so great. Like I said, you need to know a little darkness to know the light. Mm -hmm. um, but for people who are doing well, who don't have cancer or don't have any major illness or aren't out on the street or aren't sick with COVID, don't wait. Mm. Don't wait for something like that major thing to happen. 
On the other side of that is that life, I believe, is kind of predestined to a certain degree. So I don't think that everything happens for no reason. I think things happen for a reason. So I believe that too. Sometimes if we need shaken up, something comes along and shakes us up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe that, absolutely. We all have a start and end date, you know? I feel like that's already done and there's no perfect time to choose to be happy like do it today rather than tomorrow you know if you can because life is so short and it's not until you hit those moments as you described that um when you hit your bottom and you don't know what the future holds that it gets scary and it brings up an interesting question i don't know that you want to go there but is life short does it have a beginning and does it have an end Mm. you look at it scientifically quantum physics we were never born and we don't really ever die. Mm. So this is sort of a dream experience. That's another episode. But <laughs> uh, I don't think, I'm not afraid of death at all. Mm. I don't want to be in agony getting there. No. Um, but uh, yes. so, yeah, it, it's easy to push the boundaries and, and find things, you know, that work for you. Yeah. Well, the time that we do have here on earth anyways, let's make it as best as we can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and make it contagious because the happier we are, other people can see it, you know, a smile, like you said, then somebody else, they don't know why they're smiling, but fifth person down the road is still smiling and they have no idea how it, where it came from because they were having a miserable day, but here you are, you know? Well, if anyone is listening or watching, well, watching, cause you won't be able to tell by listening. Uh, and you're feeling a little blue, I have something that's going to immediately bring a, a smile to your face. And I've never done this on a podcast, but here it is. Oh <laughs> my God. Hi, Bosco. Yeah, there you go. Oh, right on. So team, buddy. sweet. I love him. Hello. Little Aww. miniature dachshund, Bosco. <laughs> Look at the face. Oh my goodness. He has so yeah. many great features there and color. Yeah. He's taught me more about love than any human being. It's incredible, isn't it? And they don't speak. uh, No, but he- They don't need to speak. (laughs) But somehow he controls me. I don't know how this, but you know, think about what a pet does. It's unconditional love. It's company. Mm. You can do just about anything and you're accepted pretty much. And all you need to do is kind of take care of them with action. That's with an animal. Think about what you can do with yourself. Mm. Love yourself unconditionally, you know. So true, because they rely on us for everything. You know, if we don't feed them and we don't take care of them, like we're all they have, you know? Yeah, and and yeah. they appreciate it so much. No matter how hard day I have, yeah, I come home and my dog's there. My son might not come running down the stairs off of his video game when I come in the door, but my dog is always there, you know? Yeah. You know, and so that's that's great. And there's so many pets that need to be adopted. Yes. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, one of the reasons I'm never lonely is because I always have Bosco. Uh, and, you know, I'll take him. It takes about 20 minutes to drive to the beach here, but there's a dog beach. And I'll take him and he'll run. In, he likes to go actually in the ocean, believe it or not. And he likes <laughs> facing dogs. And it's like I'm watching like a grandchild or a child just have a, a great time. So it, it's a real, pets are a real blessing and they're a real reflection of, of who we are and, and what we want. So 
Yes. There's joys. You know, I, I tell people that I teach people how to get out of the darkness while dodging my own shadows. Mm. And if I'm feeling a little shadowy, I know exactly where to go for pause. <laughs> I love it. Cause like you said, it's unconditional love. And when they play, they don't play with limits. They just let it out. Just like kids, you know, they don't, they just do what feels good. Like you never see them doing stuff that doesn't feel good. Like humans. Right. Honestly. Yeah. No, they, they, they try and stay happy. Yeah. And, and they, <laughs> they know how to push your buttons. That's part of the whole thing. The nice thing is they don't talk back. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is such a pleasure getting to know you, Kevin, and, and sharing your brilliance with us. And honestly, um, I know you have a YouTube channel and I just encourage everybody to go and listen to some of your music as well. It's just so beautiful. And you've got some meditations out, I believe, as well. Yeah, there's a couple places you can go if you need a little more of Kevin <laughs> uh, or Bosco. Bosco. <laughs> uh, there's my music, which you can find on iTunes and all these other places. There's a course where I teach what we've been talking about on a, a place called teachable.com. So you can go to kevinroth.teachable.com and there's a an eight module course video and has some homework you can do, or you can just reach out to me and I do free 30 minute consultations as I can um, at kevinroth.org and help direct you if, or work with you depending upon what our goals are. But if anyone wants to learn a musical instrument, the ukulele is great. They wanna learn the dulcimer or they, they love, uh, this is, let me take this off the shelf without hitting myself on the head. <laughs> It, you know, playing is sort of a cosmic experience. So it's a little out of tune, but if anyone wants to know about uh, dulcimer, getting a dulcimer or learning to play one, you can reach out to me as well. Awesome. And uh, so lots That's of- a four string, right? Yeah. I saw you playing something that resembled a dulcimer, but also a guitar. That was five or six string? Yeah, that's a six string. Okay. Yeah. So I, I play it on my lap, but this will sound. A little out of tune but and it's beautiful to look at too you know yeah cosmic. and that's why this is actually a model i created called the cosmic dulcimer i love that life is kind of cosmic when you play it you look at it it's made of redwood and cherry beautiful. yeah it's yeah. really really well made yeah it's, it's a beautiful instrument and they're very easy to play you know so and not terribly expensive so you know that's taken up a lot of lonely times for me too what do you have in the back there on the wall? Looks this? like a mandolin or is it a dulcimer on the other side? Oh, over there. That's another dulcimer. Oh, I, have, okay. I have 16 dulcimers. Okay. Um, I have one that was made over here, made by a friend of mine who built Joni Mitchell's first dulcimer. Oh, wow. Fantastic. And uh, sometime we'll do another show together and I'll walk you around my apartment and show you. Oh, all I my would things. love that. Yeah. That's awesome. My dad used to have all his instruments, he used to have a bunch of different types of guitars and some I'm not even sure they're from Africa, but they're a type of guitar that I don't even know the names of them, but I, I've inherited them. And Acora. this electric, pardon? Oh, Acora, Big Gourds? Uh, no, I'm not sure. Sort of like a harp guitar thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. not really sure. And then um, he, I've got his um, electric mandolin that I guess I should learn how to play, but... <laughs> 
I haven't done that yet, but he used to have them all hanging up in his basement. So it just kind of, I noticed it right on your wall right away. Everything's yeah. right there, you know, all the happiness, all in one room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my paintings, my food. I just bought a turntable. I couldn't believe it. But love I, it. I, love, I love listening to albums, even though I got to yes. get up and change them, but you know. Yeah, some Simon and Garfunkel for me, but. Yeah, Peter Paul, Mary, Jazz. Yeah. It was a pleasure having you on the show and, and teaching. Well, thank you. You know, and, and just I think it's so important that the listeners know not only are they not alone, but there are there are things that you can do to be happier. There are things that, you know, and, and not to forget to express things when you're not happy, because that will get you through the next part. Like, as you said, life goes up and down, right? Yeah. You do have to, it's like, I live in Canada. And so we have four seasons, right? And people always complain, oh, do you like to live in Canada and it's snowy? And I'm like, I don't really appreciate the summer and the spring until the winter comes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I could if I could live somewhere where it's hot all year round. Not because and I hate snow. I just it's just a good reminder. I like having, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Everything can inspire you or you can watch it go by. It doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> you know, when I need to get something said or get something out, I'm a songwriter. So it's easy for me. But for those that aren't songwriters, there's journaling. Journaling is a great tool. Um, in fact, right here is my journal. I buy pretty books. And oh, I just- That is a very nice one. Yeah, I've got one here as well. This is mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So every day I write a little something and yes. it, it gets it out of the system. You know, sometimes there's successes, sometimes they're- not successful things that have happened, uh, but it, it's like um, talking to somebody when they're not there. And then this if you read happening. it back, yeah, read it back when you're in the opposite mood. And I'll be like, so if I write something and it's very depressing, for example, I'll read it back when I'm having a good day. I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, yeah. honestly, and then, and then I've done it the other way around. But like you said, when you put your instrument on your lap, it's not just the sound, it's the feel of the vibration, right? When I'm writing, it's also um, therapeutic, the act of writing, like physically yeah. writing with a pen. Right. Like yeah. my book was written um, pen and paper, yeah. not on the computer, you know? And I just, I've just felt it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's the simple things that, that, that do it, you know? It is, even though it seems so unreachable for when you're unhappy, it seems when you don't know what makes you happy that you'll never figure it out. And sometimes you're just thinking too much about it. You just need to take a step back and just, like you said, associate the feeling with different things that you're doing and it will connect. Yeah, and, and if you feel stuck and you're finding that a book isn't working or you don't have the means to work with a, a life coach like myself, there is there are places I'm sure in Canada, I know there are here in the States, where they have uh, free uh, psychologists that, that can help you. You know, I used to go to a shrink once. I, I had insurance. She cost me five bucks. As <laughs> and she was That's great. the wackiest. Uh, you know, at one point I almost said to her, do you see a shrink? Because honey, what, whatever you're doing, you know, whoever you're in, it ain't working. 
But every once in a while, she would come up with a one-liner oh. and it would floor me. And I'd say, oh. This oh. is why I'm here. Yeah, so one day I was talking to her and I had a certain issue and I said, I, don't, I just don't know what to do about it. And she looked at her watch and she said, well, why don't you go eat lunch? And that was it. <laughs> you go eat lunch. And I did. And I felt better. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That's funny. So, so there, there's, there are places and people that will help you if you want it. Yes. If you want to reach out. It, and it's, you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Google it. And you don't need to feel alone. And, you, and there, there's people, I think, you know, as, as hard as the world is, and difficult as people can be, I find from touring around the world musically, a lot more good people. Yes, than... thank you for saying that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I love to travel, and I just you know all these places that people think are scary, and I find the most beautiful people. It's not yeah. scary. You just need to be open, just yeah. like everything else. If you have a closed mind, you'll it'll things will never change for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. Fantastic. I, I got so much from our conversation as I'm sure the listeners have today as well. And I would love to do another episode and you can show me your, your instruments because um, yeah, that'd be right up my alley. So that's awesome. Walk around my part. I'll have to clean it up a little. I'll show you all my dulcimers. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kevin. And well, you're welcome. It's wonderful being with you and uh, thank you. Hopefully we made some more people happy today. I know, right? Or at least we've convinced people that we can all be happy. Yeah. And, you know, they can write to you. They can write to me. And there, there's there's a yellow brick road for everybody out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good talking to you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.